Welcome to a bonus episode of Streamed and Screened. Uh, for this bonus episode, we're going to be me, myself, Chris Lay, the podcast operations manager for Lee and one of the, the co-hosts and producer of Streamed and Screened. I'm here talking with Jared McNett, a reporter for the Sioux City Journal in Sioux City, Iowa. And we are talking about Atlanta, which just late last week wrapped up its uh, seven, six, six years. Six year run. Yep. Starting yep. in 2016. Not, not consecutive by any means. Oh, no. No. <laughs> um, and it was a, uh, it's been an interesting past couple of seasons, I guess, for the show. But I don't know. If you want to, um, Jared, you can do kind of a, a quickie introduction to the show in general. Uh, and, you know, I guess how. So I'm going to actually go all the way back um, because, like, this so much of this show is just embedded in my brain going all the way back to i very distinctly remember seeing the promo ads for the show before the first season even started it was donald glover lakeith stanfield and brian tyree henry walking through atlanta with the band tame impala playing and it was just like a 30 second spot and i remember seeing that and wanting to know and see every last thing about the show like every single thing. And I watched it in real time, every episode for the first two seasons. I was there to see it when it hit FX. I didn't want to wait until it was on Hulu the next day or whatever. And I probably watched every episode of the first two seasons multiple times. And, you know, back then I was still doing music writing. And I remember talking to at least one rapper from Atlanta who was just marveling to me about some of the small details that show got right about the city Although it, it it's not a show just about the city, it's um well not not the city as it exists in real life because one of the beautiful things about Atlanta is that it's one of the most surreal shows that I think has ever been on TV outside of Twin Peaks, which is like a very different kind of surreality from from this one. This one is much more of like a magical realism sort of thing, almost more more than anything else, and because of that. Um, not just every season of the show and not just every episode, but like scene to scene, the show could be anything at any time. And I think that's probably the best way to to intro it for someone who doesn't know about the show somehow is that the beauty of it, once you got your footing, is that you never knew what was going to happen next. I mean, this is a show where, uh, I mean, notoriously, maybe for a show called Atlanta, they went and spent the first half of this concluding season in France. <laughs> Yes. You know, there was a lot of ups and downs uh, related to that. I I really enjoyed a lot of that stuff, but they were taking some weird swings in the, the concepts that they were not just the, the ideas and concepts that they were trying to talk about and include in there, but just the the manner by which they were all distributed. I'm thinking that incredibly long sequence in like get, getting the money after the show. <laughs> yes you know and i mean that just being this drawn out scenario that just keeps getting stranger and stranger and i mean this is also a show where you would have you know i think in just about every season maybe not the first season but there were one two maybe three episodes that didn't involve the main cast in any way shape or form it would just yep. be the episode that was a couple of uh, weeks ago with you know, telling this 
manufactured history of the goofy movie (laughs) (laughs) um as a you know like a 40 minute biopic more or less of how the movie was created just this i mean fantastic fantastic stuff nominally the overarching plot of the show is that basically um donald glover's character earn is trying to help uh his cousin played by brian tyree henry become like an established rapper basically that's the overarching plot and then lakeith stanfield plays their incredibly far out there friend darius who is definitely the key to the entire show in a lot of respects um and then it also involves uh, zazie beats who plays uh earns on again off again uh girlfriend uh van um who he has a kid with lottie but there are, you know, and plenty of shows have bottle episodes or whatever, but there could be multiple episodes episodes sometime of this show where the plot does not advance at all. No. At, at all. It just completely goes out the window, and it's just, we're this is how we're going to hang for this week. And, I mean, there's, you know, without the plot getting advanced or just major elements of it that are disregarded at, yep. at will. The, you know, whether or not Earn and and Val have a kid, which they do early on. And Uh then once I don't think that their child was even mentioned in the past, you know, handful of episodes. I mean, like there's, there's no, it's there. And then it's not in, in these ways that are only used. However they want to be used. It's the, you can play really fast and loose. And yeah, I think that you, you absolutely hit it on the head with Darius being the, kind of the the spirit animal for the show. And uh-huh. I mean, especially with this final episode, I mean, and when we're talking about, you know, questioning reality and leaving a lot of things up in the air, this final episode, which may or may not have taken place entirely in his consciousness, uh, in, in Darius's brain while he was doing a sensory deprivation tank. It was a show that just always had you on on your back foot, you know, just kind of like, where, where are we going with this? What's the, what's the next uh, direction that, and, that we're going to be taking? And, and one of the, the perfect embodiments of that, uh, you know, as for where are we going with this and like the smallest little things paying off way later. And again, to, to Darius being the key to everything is like very early on. One of my favorite episodes is the Streisand effect from season one, where Darius keeps trading items up to get more money for Earn. And it's clearly in part a riff on that like story about the guy who started with like a paper clip or whatever and then ended up with like I don't even remember what it was now, a house. It was some viral story years ago. It's it's a version of that with Darius, but the payoff initially is just he's gonna get a dog one day that's gonna be worth something. And that doesn't come back until I don't even remember how many episodes later that comes back up where Darius all of a sudden has all this money to to lend to earn. But that that episode early on is one of those ones that really helped lay the tracks for the show um, for Atlanta. When when you first said like you wanted to go all the way back, I was almost expecting you to you know reference the childish gambino mixtapes and you know like, <laughs> like you know 0.0 review that pitchfork gave it you know i mean like there's just so many elements of donald glover's experience as a rapper that goes into this and i mean he i'm sure that he struggled in his life and he's had a lot of ups and downs but i mean he 
hit success in stardom so quickly, especially with community and his character on there. And then, you know, he had an hour special on, I think comedy central that was very, very much playing into that like nerdy vibe. Oh yeah. And I, I saw him do like uh, up at my, uh, my school back in like 2011. I saw the poster in the room I'm uh, recording in right now, a, a poster from that where I ended up spending the night afterward, hanging out with Donald Glover because of a series of just like completely random events. It <laughs> Atlanta-esque moves. Yeah. It really kind of felt that way actually. And, you know, even before that, you know, he, some people might know the Derek comedy stuff he did on YouTube that, that helped get the ball rolling, but he also was, you know, a writer uh, on 30 rock, which with his impressive like resume as it is at this point kind of gets forgotten about a little bit, but it definitely helps explain some of the just incredible comedic beats that Atlanta could go to when it wanted to, which was not all the time because it kept blending all sorts of styles. Yeah. So not every episode was a laugh riot. (laughs) And I mean, honestly, I mean, if you're doing the the timeline of everything, I mean, it's I mean, he wouldn't have been that far out of high school by the time that he ended up in in, in the writer's room at 30 Rock, mm-hmm. where you have someone as a huge name in Hollywood like Tina Fey giving you that stamp of approval where you are saying, I'm I am identifying all this talent and I'm going to back it. Yep. You know, from there, it was. Uh, community and yeah the, the Derek comedy stuff that you're talking about the the movie that they did about the mystery team mystery team is so rid- I mean it's it's not a perfect movie but there's so many great little bits in there and Chris in like 2009 a couple of us in my dorm we drove like 90 minutes from uh, Kirksville where I went to undergrad to Columbia Missouri for a screening of Derek comedy that the other two Derek comedy guys, Dominic Dierkis and uh, DC Pearson were at, like, that's how much I was plugged into like all of that kind of stuff at that point. <laughs> I'm intrigued to, to maybe change gears and talk about, is there, I mean, the, the final episode from last week of Atlanta was on the one hand, really, really well done in and of itself and fit the overall tone of the show. But by the standard of series finales, it was really anticlimactic in the sense of, I mean, any connectivity that you want to make to the to the larger show, you're going to have to dig really deep. And it just seems <laughs> like it was, a, I mean, it, this could have been just another episode of the show, honestly. It didn't seem like they went out of their way to treat it as this big finale. I mean, th- there's aspects of it, but it's not... If you told me this was a season finale as opposed to a series finale, I, it would make as much sense. And I, honestly, I wouldn't expect anything less th- than that to, to be the case. Because again, as we talked about, the show could be anything from scene to scene, episode to episode, season to season. So, you know, why would they pay special mind to a series finale? Why would they treat it any differently than any other episode of the show? Just because that's what we wanted and that's what our brains would like. And they don't care about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's always been at their pace. You know, it's the, the seasons are going to come out when they come out, they're going to come out how they're going to come out. And yeah, I mean, but it's, it's a show that like, there aren't that many replicable lessons to be applied to any larger, you know, sitcom structure. It's, you know, kind of in the same way. I mean, obviously, Louis C.K. is a, a a third rail for a lot of reasons that, uh, you know, but 
it's kind of similar to to that show that he was doing also on FX yep. where has there been another Louis like since then? No. And not just because of the, you know, uh, indiscretions and, you know, horrible peccadilloes of, I mean, you know, the predatory nature of Louis CK as a, a bad actor. And with this, you obviously don't have that baggage, but it's the same thing where, I mean, you can't, this show is a creation of Donald Glover and the cast. And also, I mean, hero Mirai, the guy who, mm-hmm. I mean, the, who's directed a whole bunch of it. And if you don't have that, that core, and it's such a great thing that we were able to see this. I am just thankful that this even existed because, you know, as I was watching through the more recent stuff, I was just thinking about the fact that you're speaking to that we're, we're not going to get another version of something like this for a couple different reasons. One, the, the sort of freedom of the, the creative people behind it is happening less and less. We had that you know trend for a while in the, the 2010s with Louie or with, you know, True Detective or some of those other kind of – or uh, Mindhunter, you know, with Fincher where, okay, we're going to completely cede all ground to let these creative people just do whatever they want to do with the format. Alter television. Yeah, and we've gone away from that again now for the most part. There are still some odds and ends where that's not the case, like White Lotus, although that doesn't seem quite as ambitious as Atlanta. But we, we've mostly moved away from that of just turning the reins over completely to creative people now. And we're kind of settling back into we're only going to go for home runs with shows like the the Game of Thrones spinoff or, or stuff or and or, um, you know, we're not going to completely see creative control although i guess andor maybe a little bit with tony gilroy but not, not even like this and, and offer a little bit of a course <laughs> corrective to that and i mean he's someone who but but that's also one of the reasons why that's so refreshing andor mm-hmm. is because it is a you know it, it's a zig when all of the other star wars shows have been zagging yeah um you know it's you're you're letting a guy who does adult things have his way with a franchise that has been, you know, just abused <laughs> by, by the, you know, by, by the suits for the most part. And I mean, to go from at the beginning of the year, when we were talking about things that we were looking forward to, I remember talking about Obi-Wan, the the show that was coming out uh, with Ewan McGregor back in, in the, uh, the hood, I guess, <laughs> whatever the, uh, the shawl, the, you know, and, I just could not actually care about that show once it started right. going. Whereas something like Andor, that's one where I've gone back and rewatched a bunch of the earlier episodes as it's moved along because there are these bigger payoffs. And I mean, it's, it's just the way that they're doing the subtle character developments. And anyway, the other reason we're not going to see something like this again is the embarrassment of riches of the cast is something that, I don't think it's going to happen again quite anytime soon. Like going in, Donald Glover was obviously the the biggest name of the main four, but Lakeith Stanfield and Brian Tyree Henry in particular, I, I would be surprised if they don't end up winning Oscars at some point in both of their careers, because they're that good of actors. Like Lakeith Stanfield's already been nominated. Brian Tyree Henry should have been for his moments that he's in. If Beale street could talk among other things that he's already popped up in, in film, I don't know another show that's going to get that lucky with people who aren't fully established yet, like Atlanta did. And it, I mean, it really is just a being able to identify that talent, invest in it early on, and 
you know, yeah, it's it's a roll of the dice. I mean, the way Hollywood and casting and these, you know, larger futures of these people go, there's no guarantee that Brian Tyree Henry would end up being the big deal that he was or is. Uh, same thing with Zazie Beetz, who is mm-hmm. obviously on on the come up as much as everyone else is. I'll, always a joy to see her and stuff. Yeah, but but these are guys that are going to be priced out of, you know, these smaller shows like how Atlanta was when it started. Yep. So it's fantastic. Fantastic. Very much encourage everyone to start at the beginning and just go all <laughs> the way up to the top. Give me your three favorite episodes. Oh man, three. That's that's a problem. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Did you have like uh, 10? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. I did. I did. Well, I, I mentioned the Streisand effect already and how much that is crucial to laying tracks for the show. Uh, another personal favorite of mine from the first season, and it still is maybe my favorite of any of the bottle, like extreme bottle type episodes for the show. That's the episode Ban, which revolves entirely around a broadcast news type show. And as much as any episode in the first season, it really did help establish that Atlanta is a show that could be about anything because it's an episode where we get fake ads where you don't actually know if like it's gone to commercial or Hulu is showing you something or however you're watching it. And we get cartoons at one point and then we get this just bizarre like news discussion about this uh, like black kid who thinks he's a 30-year-old businessman living in Colorado with a totally different name than he has. And uh, again, as much as any episode, it was one that like just went out into its own orbit and stayed there for, for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one I, I loved so much. Uh, another one that I have such a fondness for because I remember um, being on vacation but still making sure to be in front of a TV to watch it was the season two premiere alligator man which started off quite literally with a bang there's a, a stunning robbery set piece with some great action for a show like atlanta that's nominally uh you know magical realism comedy drama um in that episode alligator man we also get some of the best work i've ever seen cat williams do uh cat williams makes an appearance in that episode and is just so wonderful to to engage with and then another one, season two for me was the highest point. So I had a lot on this like list of 10 that were season two. Teddy Perkins is a great one where uh, Darius basically meets a version of Michael Jackson. And it's heartbreaking and menacing and funny, which is, you know, perfectly Atlanta. All of those descriptors to all be in one episode. And then to me, one of the more emotionally resonant ones of any of the seasons was the episode The Woods, where Alfred basically gets lost in the woods while he's doing something else, and you just get to go into a lot of his emotional baggage, and you start to see why he doesn't necessarily talk about stuff a lot, and instead, through great acting work by Brian Tyree Henry, why it is he carries so much on his face, as opposed yeah. to ever letting that much out. <laughs> and you mentioned the the Teddy Perkins episode. There was an echo. A, that Teddy Perkins episode is cream of the crop stunning yeah stunning there's a little bit of an echo of that in the fourth season with the episode work ethic which has a uh like a tyler perry kind of version of that Mm -hmm. um that i'm not gonna spoil but anyway fantastic show Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm, i'm glad that it's it's out there streaming and everybody can you know just catch up on on hulu 
So what what do you think is going to be the ultimate legacy of a show like this? Because as we talked about, it's kind of like you can't replicate it. So I, I wonder what its legacy will be. I genuinely don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> I, I don't want it to end up being a footnote in experimental TV. Yeah, because that's another thing is this most of these episodes, they never ran an hour. Like mm. it was still doing like the comedy sitcom style, like 30 minute episodes for the most yeah. part. And like I was saying, with those weird outliers, like uh, the goof who sat by the door, uh, the goofy movie mockumentary episode in this one. I mean, there's just so many things that don't make any sense when unless you're looking at the actual full history of the show and just the the random decisions that went into a lot of these things. I mean, we're you know, it's just like how. Atlanta was just a place, it seemed like, for Hiro Mirai and Donald Glover to just occasionally be like, we're going to tell stories that are going to progress the plot, that are going to progress the relationships. And then other times we're just going to, you know, have these things that have, you know, are completely out of context. And uh, and directly before uh, the goof who sat by the door, the snipe hunt episode, which I don't know if it's a Southern thing or what, but like I've definitely uh, when I was at, you know, summer camp as a kid went on snipe hunts with, you know, counselors and things. So that's, you know, hunting snipe is an actual thing. It's not just a, uh, you know, primus lyric, <laughs> um, but the end of that snipe hunt episode is the emotional connection between Val and Ern is it just, it just hits in a really great way. And just the, the way that their relationship is, being explored in that in that moment that if you didn't have everything else leading up to it it just wouldn't hit the same way so yeah i I, the legacy of it i i I don't know you know i mean i I don't necessarily want it to be like this is the you know mary hartman mary hartman of our generation you know something that is looked back on as a interesting novel you know conceptually strange success crucially the 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 very first episode of the show is called the Big Bang, which obviously in part you know is because it's the first episode and that's a clever way to to name it instead of pilot, but also being emblematic of something called the Big Bang, so much of the show is about chaos and things you know crashing against each other, you know slowly order kind of coming out of all of this chaos and all this bizarreness and and everything else. I think as much as anything too, that's what the show is is picking things out of this this chaos to to form some greater statement i mean it's a show that is you know it's all about entropy yep <laughs> anyway not to <laughs> not, calling atlanta a show about entropy is me immediately getting too big for my britches uh, <laughs> this early on a on a monday morning <laughs> so i'm gonna leave it at that what have you got in any any parting shots from you I mean, just, you know, watch the show if you uh, if you haven't. Take your time with it. Go at the pace that it goes at, which can be slow sometimes, but it's worth it for that. And you got to appreciate these kind of shows when they're when they're hanging around, I guess. <laughs> yep. I was trying to find a, a quote that was perfectly emblematic of the show. And at least one I think I stumbled upon uh, from Earn. I don't remember when it was from. Nothing was about to happen until something happened, which is, again, perfectly emblematic of Atlanta as a show and its ethos and everything. Well, you want to send us out with your patented 
Patented uh, goodbyes. <laughs> I'm not going to do a super uh, silly one uh, this time and say stream something good, scream something good. Uh, instead, I will say watch Atlanta. Boom. There you go. Watch as much Atlanta as you can. Watch as much Atlanta as your little belly will hold. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Jared. And subscribe to the show if you haven't already. We're on all the places. We'll have links to the stuff we talked about. And it's going to be a good time. So any questions, comments, concerns, queries, quiz, uh, give us a holler. Thank you for listening. Thank Jared for, for coming on and talking. And uh, we'll be back later this week with more stuff. Plenty of stuff. Hooray. Hooray.